Well, if you have not yet already uh, received a letter from uh, our bishop in the mail, you will be receiving one soon. And uh, this really kind of, it kicks off the, the Christian Ministries Appeal that we do every, every year. And I'd like to speak a little bit about uh, the CMA and uh, what the, the logic behind it and why it makes sense to give to the CMA. I'm going to draw your attention, I'm going to be focusing on the second reading today, um, St. Timothy's letter to, I'm sorry, St. Paul's letter to Timothy. And one line in particular, a very beautiful uh, line that contains a, a lot of um, a lot of goodness and a lot of truth and, and uh, <clears throat> beauty in it. St. Paul says to Timothy, I remind you to stir into flame the gift of God that you have through the imposition of my hands. I remind you to stir into flame the gift of God that you have through the imposition or through the laying on of my hands. And uh, what St. Paul is there speaking about is actually the sacrament of holy orders. Okay, And uh, so the apostles... Uh, the Twelve in particular, but then there are some other kind of special apostles like St. Paul. They knew that they weren't going to live forever, and so even during their lifetime when they were evangelizing, they took to their side other men, and they kind of trained them uh, for ministry, and they eventually laid hands upon them, and they transmitted to them the grace of ordination. And uh, some people like St. Timothy received the fullness of ordination such that he could ordain others. Okay, uh, Others received uh, uh, not the fullness of, the, of the, that grace. And, um, and so they wouldn't be able to do things like ordain others. And so that's basically where we get historically the two tiers of uh, our church's hierarchical structure, bishops and priests. Okay, So bishops are those who can ordain others, and priests cannot, but they have other sacramental powers. So there is an amazing amount of power and grace and gifting and goodness that's being transmitted to St. Timothy through uh, or by St. Paul here. If you think about it, five of the seven sacraments are being imparted to Timothy. First of all, Timothy can ordain others. Okay, so he has that... And he himself is being ordained, so that's the sacrament of holy orders. Uh, Timothy is able to confirm others, okay? So we go to our bishop to confirm, to get confirmed. And he's able to offer the Eucharistic sacrifice, to consecrate the the Eucharist. He's able to uh, anoint the sick. And then finally, uh, he has a participation in the power of what's called the, the keys, the power of the keys, the keys that were given, for example, to St. Peter, but to all the apostles. And with those keys, it implies a lot, but it, one of which is the absolution, forgiveness of sins. Okay, So we have five of the seven sacraments being imparted. And uh, our bishop... Um, has had uh, had had hands laid on him by a bishop who had hands laid upon him by a bishop who had hands laid upon him by a bishop who had hands laid upon him by a bishop going back probably about 200 or so all the way back to the apostles and so this gift that Timothy 
uh, is receiving from Paul is a gift that sets up the entire uh, sacramental structure of the church all across the world and really all across the ages for 2,000 years. This is a large part of what it is to be a Catholic. That's a wonderful thing. We participate in, uh, as as St. Patrick's, as St. Joseph the Worker Parish, we participate in a much broader corporate entity, a much broader reality than just our local group. And our local group derives its sustenance and its life and its grace and its sacramental um, power from that broader body that spans not just uh, space but time as well. It reaches from one end of the earth to the other and it stretches back in time over 2,000 years through this impartation of gifts. There's this great chain and we're all connected together. And so something like the Catholic Ministries Appeal, it makes sense given who we are as Catholics. Uh, we receive this these spiritual graces and gifts from the broader um, body of Christ, from the broader Catholic Church. And so then there's a sharing in material gifts. As you know, we receive spiritual gifts, we give material gifts. To, it's a way to affirm our identity uh, as part of a broader uh, church body. And uh, practically speaking, um, what does the CMA go to? Uh, as far as the, I mean, the, the good things that it supports, we have at the diocesan level many charities, and that's going to be a large percentage of the CMA goes to the charitable work that's done at the diocesan level. Uh, also, though, and it's important to know, there's a certain uh, way of looking at this by which we can say the money that we give to the CMA in a very real and concrete way actually does come back to us locally, even. And uh, that's primarily seen in the uh, oversight of vocations to the priesthood. So the whole oversight the organization of, of recruiting young guys to become priests is, you know, that's taken care of at the diocesan level. We need to be doing it ourselves here, but, you know, the big picture oversight and recruitment is done at the diocesan level. And then, of course, the funding of the seminarians to go to seminary. There was a day when... Um, Really, only wealthy families could uh, see their sons become priests because it was the family or the priest himself that funded his own seminary education. In America right now, it's usually not how it's done. Usually the diocese funds the seminary. And, um, and it's a very expensive. It's really pretty ridiculous. But anyways, that, that's the reality of it, just economic reality. So seminaries are expensive. And uh, a large portion of the CMA goes to the funding of seminaries. And so it comes back to us in as much as here we have priests being trained and then they're sent out to the local parishes who are ministered to uh, by the priests. Also, in another kind of a concrete sense, in a concrete way, we have um, the religious education and the sacramental preparation that takes place here at the local level. There is a measure of that uh, that is overseen and guided by the diocese, and uh, that's to keep all the parishes on the same page and to make sure you know we're we're kind of all heading in the right direction. So that's another concrete way, concrete benefit that we receive through the CMA. Also, now this, you know, unfortunately doesn't pertain to us too much because we're a very small parish and we've only got two full-time employees, if I'm correct in my, in my estimation. 
Um, and uh, but in any event, the CMA will go to uh, financing in part at least some of the employee benefits. Um, and then finally, there's technological assistance and oversight uh, for the staff and for the offices. And um, so that, that's another thing that comes from the diocese. But I think deeper, though, than the kind of concrete uh, monetary realities of the CMA is what I began to speak about, is we are part of a broader Catholic body, and that's what makes us Catholic. And uh, so it's a, it's a way, the CMA is a way to, um, uh, with pride, affirm our Catholic identity and identify with that broader Catholic body. So I encourage us to, to be generous. I give uh, generously uh, to the CMA every year, and I encourage my people to do the same. And so in the Sundays that come after this, you'll hear a little bit about it here and there. And we all know that the best part about the CMA is bringing it to an end and, you know, closing it off. So um, from what I understand, usually we can kind of wrap it up around May, but that to me is kind of like, I don't want to talk about this that long a time, okay? So wouldn't it be nice, can we make it a goal to finish it off by Christmas? And that way we can have a nice Christmas and Easter without talking about the CMA. So I encourage you to be generous and to, uh, and to put this baby to rest.